Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to talk to Mark, who recently became head of F10 Europe. We're going to talk about F10's push to metaverse and gaming and the crossover of fintech and gaming and other topics uh, which are hot uh, these days in the fintech area in Switzerland. And we're going to talk to Stefan, who is a co-founder of CoLevel, that is a Zug-based or Rotkreuz-based, as he explained it to me just now, a startup that is working on all kinds of services that you need for example, in Metaverse, if you want to trade and things like this. So I'm curious to find out more what it's all about, what's cooking, what can we do in FinTech and Metaverse together? So welcome. How are you? Thanks a lot for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. As you mentioned, my name is uh, Mark and the other voice you will hear now is Stefan. Over to you. Yeah, thank you as well. I'm Stefan, the co-founder, as you said, and um, yeah, happy to talk with you about the Metaverse. All right, brilliant. Mark, let's start with you. Who recently became head of F10 Europe. What attracted you to changing ships from a large incumbent, like one of the largest banks in the world, or maybe the largest one in Switzerland, to an ecosystem hub? It actually leads back uh, 15 years already, where I caught the startup bug. It's actually when I worked at the Institute for Human Unternehmen slash Venture Lab in St. Gallen at the time, in the early 2000s, uh, where I really got started with around startups. And then my career was always a little bit a change and back and forth between startup and big corporate. So during the last 20 years, I had two startups, uh, worked in big corporate, also in strategy consulting. And then now with F10, I really found the perfect place where excitement for ex- and experience with the startup side, but also the know-how and experience in the financial services are best applied. So it's for me, it's the perfect combination to really merge all my experience and all my curiosity, as well as yeah, interest in learning new topics. All right, great stuff. Now, obviously, F10 has been changing in the last few years, right? You started with focus on maybe open innovation, B2B fintechs, then added different industry verticals. What are the key vert- fintech verticals for F10 today? Also, I think reflecting your latest uh, partnership. Yes, so we always look at both at two sides. The one side is really what is happening in the market, what do we see out in the global perspective? And the other one is what happens with our corporate part. So what are the topics that they are focusing on? What are their key needs? And currently what we pursue more also driven by the market pressure is really the topic of Web3, DeFi, and also obviously Metaverse. Another one is the climate fintech. So something that we also have heard a lot, not the focus of today's podcast, but definitely a big topic that is very relevant and will become more relevant in the years to come. And the third area is wealth tech. And this is especially in Switzerland, everything around wealth, because we are so a strong wealth management hub, right? Globally, one of the top three hubs globally. 
So that's also a big focus. For example, here we look into topics like open wealth, what can we do through APIs and how can we add services there? In addition, we also have the intro tech. As a, so this is also something where we are, are focusing on and we really see there is a change, right? The user behavior change and also the underwriting, everything is going more into a, let's say, fair usage model. And yeah, with that, these are the focus topics that we have at the moment. And obviously, we are happy to see that the corporate areas and their needs actually very much overlap and their curiosity also overlaps with what is happening in the market. And uh, who are the latest uh, corporate partners you have? Because I think you also expanded uh, horizontally there, right? Yes, we just announced that we also currently started to work together with Microsoft. That's Microsoft in Switzerland. They are strongly focusing on startups. They have a dedicated startup um, support program, the Microsoft for Startup program. And with that, they obviously have a strong interest also what we are doing. All right. I was fishing for HP as well, because that was a surprise for me. HP is already for some years a partner. Yeah, HP Enterprise that we work together already quite a bit. Um, they have their presence in Switzerland and Geneva. So we did some events there last year locally. And yes, they're also interested in the startup space and what is happening around, for example, AI, but also blockchain technology. All right, because I'm an HP fan. So that, that's why it <laughs> caught my eye. Good to hear. Yeah, totally. uh, all right. So Stefan, uh, you said you're a co-founder of CoLevel. I know you're also a CTO of CoLevel. So what is CoLevel and uh, what led you to it? How did you become a CTO and a co-founder at uh, CoLevel? So CoLevel is all about fintech for gaming. We have different projects. And our main project at the moment is FIPME. It's the first international play money exchange where we enable private and business clients, not like on the traditional exchange where you only have business clients we enable both to trade virtual goods so basically if they trade stocks on the nasdaq and what led us to it is boris the second co-founder is a gamer by heart and found out that there is no proper two-way exchange for one of the fastest growing markets and we both have a trading background together since the late 90s so we worked together in the 90s for volume trading company in Dublin and yeah we ex accepted the challenge and built one all right so trading virtual goods that you earned or won at when you were playing a game does it work across the games as well or how does that work so far it, it is only in one game the mm -hmm. cross game is is coming now with the nfts But on our exchange, it basically will work if you have two liquid markets, then you can do like a swap in the traditional exchange. You can do the swap in the in-game item as well. So F10 announced a concentrated push to metaverse and gaming. Why is it relevant for a fintech hub? As F10, we are very much involved in all the topics that shape the financial services industry in the years to come. And from everything that we see, the metaverse and also the first steps in gaming, really has the potential to bring big change, not only to the way we work, socialize and play, but also how we will interact with financial services providers. So for this also, we have the, in Singapore, we just announced a partnership with Clayton, which is a layer one blockchain from the Korean company Kakao. And their focus is exactly in those areas. They look at the creator economy, the metaverse and GameFi. And what we are lucky to do there is really run their startup incubation program 
and work together and bringing the next generation of startups onto their blockchain that will now yeah push what you now mentioned right the metaverse and gaming I see. So let's also explain a little bit on of definitions here, because I know Stefan and Co-Level, you're focusing on gaming and esports. So for the uninitiated, what's the difference? So basically, video gaming is the overall category, and esport is one part, one purpose within. So basically, you have sports and then soccer. So sports would be the gaming, and soccer would be one part uh, in this in the sport universe. And the main difference is in esports, people really compete against each other in tournaments or think of it as a high-performance gaming. So in comparison, if you play for leisure, you play to have a virtual get-together, to have fun, to enjoy your time, to get your head free or everything what you do in sport as well. So you can go jogging or do some badminton plays, but not in a tournament and in gaming you have games for example a good good swiss example would be the farming simulator where you can play for leisure time you can grow your weed and you can do everything but then there is also esport tournaments where it's basically really competitive where gamers try to do the best in order to win so that's the difference between esports and gaming I see. And I've seen that uh, a lot of esports events, even before pandemic, people would be coming to a big stadium in uh, China or elsewhere in Asia, watching the, the esports uh, heroes that, you know, to perform, right? Now, has that changed you know, during the last uh, two years? And are people watching these esports at home? Do you think that that was detrimental for the growth of uh, esports or was it actually... Both the momentum for gaming was definitely a, a big push in esports. We are in a different phase now. We are really starting to get more professional. So you can see it in, in the esport federation. We are talking about regulatory frameworks, about IP frameworks. The esport is really getting more and more professional with with good players having a contract with an esport team, like in in football or like in, in tennis. Oh, so wow. If you look at the numbers, more people watch online FIFA than people watch UEFA Champions League. So just a comparison. So it's there are more hours watched in the online virtual football than in the traditional soccer. That's very interesting. And now before we you know, move on to a serious assessment of the opportunities, actually, I wanted to follow up on that farming simulator I don't know it, but does it work like a real simulator? In other words, you maybe plant something and you will see the crop ready in the summer, or is it a little bit faster? It's exactly like in the in, in the real world. You can choose your tractor, you can choose all the kind of gears where you're talking to your dog. And so basically, it is a real simulator from the real world. All right. It, it's uh, interesting because I advised one of the former F10 members, Noam, and I spoke to their co-founder, Andy, and I asked him about Microsoft Flight Simulator. And basically, let's take an example. If you want to fly from New York to Zurich, it takes eight hours. So how does that work? And he explained to me, like, you can put it on autopilot and then just check in some viewpoints, but it's working eight hours. It's not like you fly from New York to Zurich on a computer in five minutes either. Understood. The, so it's clear the world of uh, simulators. Now, 
if we look at the opportunities for fintech, where are the opportunities to, for a crossover between the fintech and the world of gaming and esports? Because as you already hinted, in esports, we are getting more professional, but also in gaming, there are a lot of opportunities to play, to earn, or to trade assets, things like this. Um, are these the opportunities that you're focusing on, Mark, or is there is there more? You mentioned play to earn, and I think the overarching theme that is really happening at the moment is an expansion of finance and financial services into gaming, right? GameFi or play to earn, this is really the opportunity to make money while playing. Historically, and we, we touched on the esports and also players that are like really going after the big games and have global audiences of millions. All these 0.1% of gamers, maybe 1%, they may already historically made a lot of money with their playing. But now it's democratizing a lot. It's with Axie Infinity. Basically, everyone can go in and make money while playing a game. And I think the interesting aspects for us is now that this opens also for the established incumbents a really new space to go in where they still need to learn a lot, but I think are curious to find out uh, and play. And now when we look into also Axie Infinity, for example, during the pandemic, they really had a, a strong push. I think they, I don't know how many X they're, they're users, but currently I think there's 5 million active users on Axie Infinity. And during the pandemic for them, it was a substitution for their jobs because maybe they lost their jobs. There was no um, travel, no tourism industry working, no restaurants, and maybe a lot of restaurants had to um, let their people go. So they started to play. And with that, they soon, and the ones who played a lot, made the same money or more than they did before. And what I hear a lot, a lot often is a criticism, yeah, these games, Axie Infinity, it's it's not nice. It's not as cool as these 60 or 100 million perfectly produced games. But this is not the point. The point here is only you need to be better than the job you had before. So maybe then, I don't know, cleaning a building, that's your comparison. And if you make the same amount of money, the game doesn't need to be as entertaining as such, right? So for us, this is a totally new space that we are exploring. And as mentioned before, with especially our blockchain partners, also R3 is a, is a partner of ours, and they really are interested what is happening there, what is coming. And also historically, we know that what happens in gaming can then have a crossover into other industries later. So they're normally very much an early adopter and of new technologies, and that will then also have an impact on other areas. So pay to uh, or play to earn, uh, blockchain, democratization. We also talk about trading, the NFTs, etc. I think it's it's probably also about all kinds of other ways of finance, trading, payments. I've heard of events that were happening you know, within the gaming community that maybe now, of course, people will want to go into in-person events, but some of the online events will stay and you can do a lot of stuff around it as well. What about advertising? People are used to and they complain about the ads online, but within gaming, you don't really have that. I think you already had quite a bit, right? That, for example, in the old games where you were doing racing cars, you even wanted that on the side there was advertising because otherwise it wouldn't look real, right? So sometimes it's even, you're so used to the advertising that you almost need advertising that it makes yes. it look real. 
But then on the other hand, obviously at the moment, especially when we talk about the open metaverse, when we talk Decentraland, Sandbox, then it's more the companies being there, building the space, and with that having their presence as the advertising itself. We are still in early days, but obviously where there is money, there will be advertising. So I think it would be naive to think advertising will not follow. I think it will totally come and also, yeah, jump on this opportunity. All right, understood. So turning over to, to Stefan, what do you you know provide as a core level? What services are you focusing on? You mentioned the exchange, you mentioned the trading. Can you explain a little bit more? How does that work? Yeah, as we talk more to traditional games, it's a totally different question. First of all, you need to rebalance your in-game economy and you cannot really do that effectively if you don't have access to the secondary market. So the publishers just have access to the first market, but the secondary market is happening somewhere in the cray, over Discord, over some kind of dark channels. And... Um, that is very difficult for the game publisher. But also for the gamer, imagine you are playing World of Warcraft. You spend your time, you're collecting things, and then in the evening you play together with your guild. There are different persons, like one might be a CEO of a DAX um, company, and he asks you then, can you provide me all this stuff in order for me to play at the level you are playing? So... It's a swap of time. I spend my time doing something in the game. You spend your time running a company. So if we meet together and game together, why shouldn't we swap what you got for your time and in order to get something for my time? So it's a different thinking. And with the NFTs, I think we are really still in the early days. First of all, because NFTs from a technical standpoint are pretty difficult still because you are not owning what you buy, you're just owning the metadata. And um, I think that needs some time in order to get adopted to the level traditional games are at the moment. But we see quite good play games coming up. So you have Gods Unchained, for example. It's it's the same like Hearthstone from Blizzard. And the gameplay is, is fantastic. And you own the cards, which makes a di big difference if you spend thousand on on cards in hearthstone in the end if you stop playing you have nothing with gods unchained you can try to sell them and even make a profit or at least you don't lose everything and i think that's what's about that you and also for the publisher that you always have the chance if you invest something or if you buy something that you can later on sell it again because then you are willing to pay a higher price if there is a functional secondary market you're willing to pay more because you don't lose it all right so it's about providing secondary market liquidity to in-game environments or communities and of course we that there is need for it because there is a emerging gray market for it so let's make it official and let's make it smooth exactly so what's the technology behind your solution other than you say we use blockchain but on the trading part how does that work uh, some people say well we spend all this time working on our trading engine matching engine and it's the best of in the universe how what is the key technology angle so we are not running on blockchain we started with blockchain in 2018 
And when we went to the publishers, most of them said, you have a great idea. We don't want to have our in-game economy totally open on a blockchain. And it would need to do a lot of efforts in order to get a traditional game publisher to blockchain-based trading. Our solution is not blockchain-based. We have a ledger which we could bring on the uh, blockchain, but we don't see a benefit in that for the moment. So... Our main target is to get a, a regulatory framework so that we build a roof where publisher can come under and say, hey, we let our in-game economy trading in a regulatory framework. And our technology, if you ask what is it running, it's, it's running on an AWS Kubernetes cluster. And basically we have a PHP Symfony application and some parts are Node.js. All right. So if we then turn it into money, how big is the opportunity you're tackling? Yeah, that is really tough question because most of the trading is, is not happening on in public. Of course, you have some game items on eBay and Ricardo and in thousands of shops. But to really say this is the number... Is tough. There are estimations out there from Newsu, which is in the figures of 80 billion. But once we build the bridge into the financial market, that number definitely will grow a lot. All right, understood. Now let's then dig into it even more from your perspective. How do you make money or how are you planning to make money? What's your business model? Here basically, we are working like every exchange. We have a commission-based business model. So we take a small percentage of each fee, but this is really small. It's 1.8%. So that even shops can use our liquidity and they wouldn't lose out to their customers because they take 15 to 50%. So they wouldn't even recognize our fee. So we are going for the mass, for the volume, rather than for some really rare items which gets traded for hundreds of thousands or millions. But it sounds like you don't need a broker like when you want to trade on an exchange. So if I have some asset to sell as an individual uh, gamer, I can uh, use your exchange, correct? You can, but for sure, I mean, if if you are especially in one one game and there is a shop where you have a good connection to, And, and they are looking for you to, to get opportunities, then you can stay with your shop if you are happy. And this shop basically is doing then the work of finding the best opportunities for you, if you so, would like. So what's the interplay with you? The interplay with us is that the shop can use our liquidity and give liquidity. So for them, it's a higher volume as well. I see. So you work in the background, okay? Exactly. So our main vision is that we are white labeled in the game. So you would go in game onto our exchange without even notifying that it's our exchange. Okay, understood. And what's your end game? Where do you want to get to being a white label solution for every big game out there? Or is there something else? Yeah, our vision basically is to be the price definition place. You come to our exchange in order to, to trade. and Of course, our, our end vision, if you want to call it, is that we are in the game. You don't even um, 
see us. So basically what Six is doing in the financial market, we would love to do in the virtual world. I see. Understood. So, Mark, uh, how can F10 help companies like uh, CoLevel to get to the next level or ideally to the end game? So to be at the sixth level and uh, become another big exchange in the virtual. That's obviously a few steps out, but what we are providing in our incubation program where CoLevel is uh, participating, I think it, it really boils down to three main elements. Number one is making sure that all the basis is there. Right. This is about mission, vision, but also what is the equity split amongst the, the co-founders or have a risk matrix, right? Know what could be a potential risk. And yeah, for example, we just in the week before everything in the Ukraine with the war happened, we had this session and we were discussing, okay, what would it happen with your business if a risk like Russia going into Ukraine would happen. And then a week later, it really materialized. So this is really setting up the basis. Then the second part is finding product market fit and attracting first customers. There we work together with the founders, test their hypothesis, make sure they talk to their ideal customer persona very early, understand their needs, their pains before building. And then when building, we help and connect also to, for example, our corporate partners, but also beyond. And the third element, especially in the incubation program, is about attracting suitable investors. And here we have a, a great investor network, especially on the early stage. We also work with business angels that are willing to take higher risks because they come in even earlier into a company. And we enable all this through our masterclasses, that are dedicated sessions with experts on a topic. And this is then supplemented with our F10 coaches that are internal employees of F10 and combined with external mentors that have dedicated know-how in a domain, like for example, digital marketing or whatever it happens to be. And after the program, we still stay connected um, through our alumni network and really repeatedly have found cases that led to collaborations or further investments. Great stuff. So hopefully uh, we'll hear more and more about CoLevel, even though within the industry community, because as gamers will not uh, be able to see it, it will be in the background. Now, you mentioned, Mark, Axi, Stefan, you, you mentioned the farming simulator. Do you have favorite games that you would recommend on any platform out there, platform agnostic, but maybe also which could serve as good examples where CoLevel already made some progress and where you can trade some of the virtual assets uh, that you win in the game. Definitely got some change. I think it's a great gameplay and you own the card, which we think is at the moment the best blockchain game worldwide. They, they have a, quite a good user base and, and it's the, the users are really frequently um, trading and gaming. So that's quite a good example. Um, I'm still retro, so <laughs> I still play OutRun. I think it would be great to have Ref Racing, which is an Animoca brand uh, game, which is coming up now on the blockchain. I would love to see this in a gameplay like, like OutRun. So you can define your car, you can set up the car already, and the blockchain has been used for that. But the gameplay would be fantastic if you have some AD musics and Caprio feeling. That would be fantastic. All right. And Mark, how about you? Let's, you know, we'll make sure your wife doesn't listen to it. 
<laughs> well, um, with a 16 months old daughter, it's actually at the moment, I think my favorite gameplay is really with her, spending time sure. with, um, with her as well. But honestly, also in the past, I never was a real crazy gamer. I used to play like maybe 10 years ago, I was uh, in SimCity, Grand Theft Auto, so GTA, yeah, World of Warcraft, things that, that I played in the past, but I didn't recently too much. What I am actually exploring when I'm at the computer and going into a virtual world is more what is happening with the metaverses, what is happening on Sandbox, what is happening on Decentraland, maybe also other metaverses, and just trying to get a feeling of what is ongoing, what is happening, what is what is maybe also up and coming. And there, I think we are still in the very early days. You can feel that the graphic is not as good as in the very expensive big games, as mentioned before, right? or that sometimes things don't work. So you, it reminds me of the early days of the internet when things were still clunchy and didn't work together. Or my mom would say, go out of the internet, I'm expecting a call, all these things. So... Yes, we are early and I'm tr trying to explore more worlds that really the metaverse is rather than the gameplay. But I need to check one or two that you mentioned now, Stefan. Yeah, I think the metaverse is taking place in so many different areas. So, for example, I've been to the hospital and they have a new magnetic resonance computer. And now they really have painted it and made a game out of it for kids to go into it in order to lose their fear. And that is that is gamification and metaverse for me as well, that you that you have in real life cases where first of all it it is a benefit for someone, and second of all, this hospital could have been somewhere in, in the nowhere and, and and doctors all over the world could have a look in that moment on that picture and could give advice without being in the same room. And that is metaverse for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. So many things we can do starting with the internet as a the infrastructure so much better than if uh, you were using a dial-up and you had to get off the computer. Exactly. So Great stuff, great insights. Uh, thank you, Stefan and Mark. My last question would be, what's the best way to reach out and find out more? And who would you like to hear from most? Say Mark first. Yeah, our ecosystem really contains four main groups. And each of those groups are very interesting to talk to. So the one is startups, early stage and also later stage in the fintech, insurtech, but then especially also now metaverse, DeFi, web free space. Then number two would be corporates, incumbent companies, financial services, companies that are interested in bringing in more innovation, learning about what is happening, what we see with the decentralized finance um, space. Then obviously also always investors, early stage, maybe also a little bit later stage investors. And last but not least, all our mentors um, that are helping the startups to to get the best out of of the out of their ideas in terms of ways to reach me the best would be on link or under my email it's mark.hauser at f10.global it's also on the f10.global website but linkedin is definitely the best place to to find me all right great and stefan yeah linkedin is the same for me works good my email is sk at cowlevel.ch and um, we would be looking for game developers game publishers, um, investors, of course, 
and many gamers who give feedback, who love to be involved, who love to be part of the journey. Brilliant. So thank you so much and good luck to F10 and CoLevel. I'll put these contacts in the show notes as well. So check it out. You can click on it and then get in touch with Mark and Stefan. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It was good fun. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceoffintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.